There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, this is Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thanks for being a part of it. It's a Friday episode. It's just you and me on a Friday, Mondays and with a guest. Wednesdays I'm with a guest, Fridays I'm, I'm here with you. And I just want to say hi, thanks for being here. I wanted to quickly say there is just a handful of tickets left to tonight's show in Sydney. The link is in the show notes if you can make it. I spoke with about spoke with you about it last Friday. There's just a handful of tickets left. Show starts at 9.30. It can be heaps of fun. It's been a big week getting ready for that. I've been stretched a bit. I'm not going to lie. I've been churning through a lot of work and a lot of writing And when I'm busy, I can get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I can end up getting so caught up in what to do next, I end up doing nothing. So I've been hammering my lists this week. And I've been thinking about, I wanted to tell you about the first time that I learned to use lists in a way which you may consider extreme, but it might work for you as well. In 2010, there was a, a cornerstone of research published in the journal Science. It had a brilliant title, A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind by uh, Matthew Killingsworth and, and Daniel Gilbert from Harvard University. Never heard of it. It's, it's a classic piece of psychological research and it showed that people generally spend almost 50% of their waking hours thinking about something other than what they're doing in that moment. The research also discovered that with this mind wandering, this thinking about other stuff typically makes people unhappy. Now, in the paper, um, Killingsworth and Gilbert write that a human mind is a wandering mind and a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. The ability to think about what is not happening is a cognitive achievement that comes with an emotional cost. Now, I had my first experience of this uh, during a, a fairly stressful time in my life, uh, one that had been exacerbated by, you know, a period of not great mental health, I'd been pretty anxious about what might happen, or pretty de- pretty depressed about what did happen. And when I was sucked away from the moment that I was in, it was almost as if I was back there in that pain, and I'd find it very difficult to escape from. It was right after I got divorced that this was most evident to me. I was living in the spare room at my mate Nick's house. And I, he took pity on me, I guess, because Christmas was literally around the corner. He said, oh, look, just come down to the beach with me and the family for the week. Don't spend Christmas alone. Come and hang out with me and the kids. So that was really lovely. But I was in a lot of emotional pain and I had no idea what my life was going to look like from here on. But I knew, like I did for many years, that if I ran, if I did some exercise, things would feel better. Now, up until that point, I'd nearly always run with music in my ears. I loved it. 
But I remember running along that pathway there um, at his house at Laguna Beach and there was no longer space in my brain for the music to be in there as well. My head was just swimming with thoughts of past sadness and future fear. I, I couldn't process what I was listening to. So I stopped the music, packed away my headphones, I just kept running. And I was doing a lot of running at the time. I had a running coach. And at that point, she always taught me, check in with my form, my gait, my body. Am I sore more on one side than the other? Am I thirsty? Do I need to eat? Just checking in, my breathing. So as I run, watching the pelicans slowly glide above me and then and then kind of land on the water that had been calmed by the presence of the kelp forests below the sea, I, I noticed something quite interesting. If my thoughts started with if only, not the words, but the feeling, if only, it would hurt. If my thoughts started with the words or the feeling, oh, but what if, then it would hurt. I came to realize when I was thinking about anything but the moment that I was in, my breath, my feet, the pelicans, I was in, in real physical pain that was triggered by the emotions that I was experiencing. And running made it a lot easier to manage, but I couldn't run all day. A few hours after I ran, the pain would return, the noise would get so loud and eventually get stuck in overwhelm. So, so caught up in the past or the future that I couldn't make a decision about what I had to do next, even if what to do next was get something out of the fridge and eat it for lunch. If you've ever seen that Robin Williams, Robert De Niro film, uh, Awakenings, it's about a, a doctor, based on a true story, I think, based on a doctor that identifies patients who, who can't move and people think they're, they're paralyzed, but they're not. He identifies they're actually experiencing muscle tremors that are happening so fast, they have the appearance of not moving, but inside their muscles are turning on and turning off so quickly that they appear not to move at all. Kind of like that, I was stuck in this loop of if only and what about even around dinner, like if only I'd, I'd got more tofu, I could make a stir fry. I like stir fry. I cooked it once with my ex. Oh, and then poof, I'm, I'm running, I'm racing off into ruminating depression. Alternatively, you know, I'd be sitting there trying to think about dinner. Oh, if only I'd call the mate to, to, to have some food with, I wouldn't feel alone right now. Am I going to be alone forever? How am I going to cope? Am I going to eat alone for the rest of my life? No one's ever going to, you know, ever want to have dinner with me again. And then poof, I'd just get stuck and not eat anything and then feel worse because I didn't eat anything. It was around this time that I reached out to a mate who, as luck would have it, was a like a high-performance business coach kind of guy. He's quite a brilliant dude. I'd like to have him on the podcast one day, actually. I knew, like other times in my life, I knew that I needed better ideas. So I needed someone else's ideas to, to get me out of this pickle. So I asked him, mate, I'm stuck. What do I, what do, I do? And he explained to me how the brain doesn't like not knowing what to do. I could have told him that for nothing, but he went on to talk about the paper I, I talked to you about earlier and went on to say that when I was in a cold state, away from the emotions of a future moment, I could easily predict and plan for what I would want to do in that moment. If I didn't have a plan when that moment came, I'd be stuck in almost like a choice paralysis. So he showed me how to get around that. Every night, about an hour before I went to bed, I'd, I'd get out my phone and make a list and I'd, I'd plan the next day. Now, not like oh, I have this meeting at 9am, then I'm going to the supermarket and then call my producer about the next show, like three things. No, I would write down 
in granular detail every single thing I would want to do from the moment I open my eyes the next day to the moment I close my eyes at the end of the day. My list would be a hundred things long and it, it would look like this. Wake up, put feet on the floor by the bed, do a wee, make coffee, drink coffee, make porridge, eat porridge, drink second coffee, poo, put running shorts on, put running shirt on, put hat on, put shoes on, get keys, go out the door, run five kilometres, turn around, run back, stretch, shower, at 8am put on undies, put on jeans, put on t-shirt, put on socks, get laptop, put in bag, grab water bottle, get sunglasses, get car keys, walk downstairs, leave no later than 8.10, drive to Santa Monica, think about the meeting as I drive, park on third, walk to the office, take the lift to the seventh floor, ask for Jen at reception, nail the meeting, get parking validation on the way out, go back to car, drive to supermarket, on and on and on. It may sound like overkill, but I absolutely needed it. At any single one of those points, I could, I was in such a state, I could have been frozen and just unable to do anything full of overwhelm and wanted to cancel the whole day or whatever. I needed that. The next day, whatever that day was, the day I just described, for example, no matter how much anxiety or depression I was struggling with, I just look at my list and do the next thing on the list. Then I'll tick it off or cross it out and then just do the next thing. All I had to do was the next thing on my list. I didn't have to make any choices. I didn't have to think about the whole day. I was just doing the next thing. If I thought about the whole day, I'd be so overwhelmed I wouldn't leave the house. But all the thinking, all the choices had already been taken care of the night before. If I hadn't done the list without it, I would have been late for the meeting because I'd still be tooling around on my phone at 8.30 and then panic because I didn't know where to park. Fuck up the meeting because my head wasn't in the game. But with my list, I'd just do what it said. And when I get to bed that night and I tick off, go to bed, turn off light, put down phone, I'd eventually begin to feel a small tingle, which after a few days and weeks of doing this and ticking all these things off, that tingle turned into a sense of achievement, even a sense of self-worth. And after a few weeks of this, sometimes months, my brain slowly started to understand that I would be able to cope in moments of decision in the moment. And eventually, when my list went back down, it went back down to like from a few hundred things to just 10 or 20. I called it my hourglass list, like the hourglass you put in front of a toddler to show them how long two minutes is. That's how long you need them to brush their teeth for. The hourglass doesn't pass the time all at once. It passes a grain at a time, grain by grain of sand. Eventually, every piece of sand has fallen from the top of the hourglass to the bottom, but it can only do so because the opening is only one grain wide. In the periods of my life where I've been overwhelmed, I use this technique uh, and my list goes much bigger again as, as many things as I need to put on there, get put on there. And it really helps me get done what I need to get done. By making the choice when I'm not in the moment, I escape the jaws of paralysis and overwhelm that I would otherwise feel in that moment. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a list right there on that computer behind this camera 
And that list says after this, it says, um, after it says record podcast, I'm about to tick that, that it says upload podcast, send to Andy, write episode title, text Andy, tell him the episode is ready for you to edit. The list isn't a hundred things long, but when I'm here in my office, if I don't have that list, I will, I'll lose an hour like that. And that's not good. I hope that helps you in some way. I'd love to hear you your experiences of trying this out, particularly if you're overwhelmed about something that you've got to do, try to write down, anticipate in granular detail everything you'll need to do in order to get this uncomfortable thing done. But write it at least a day before you have to do it. So when you get into the moment, look, I promise you'll feel so much more calm. The antidote to panic is a plan. I hope you give it a shot. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'd love to know what you thought of this. Uh, you can find me on Discord. The link's in the in the show notes. Monday's episode. Remember a couple of weeks back, I told you about that really heavy conversation I had with the climate scientist. Monday's episode is a really heavy conversation with the climate scientist, Dr. Joelle Gerges. She's a climate scientist, one of the authors of the latest IPCC report, which, and a lot of people are asking, that's the real reason my hair's turned white. I read the IPCC report and went, fuck. Anyway. <sighs> It was a heavy conversation. It was a landmark conversation for me. And you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it on Monday. Like I said, if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Discord. The link's in the show notes. Um, grab those tickets to that show tonight. We're doing it in the city. About 9.30 kicks off. You can get some dinner before or after if you want. Um, Audrey's going to come. It's going to be great. Thanks very much to the team that helped me make the show this week. Bruce Steele, uh, my producer, Toe Hyder on the music, Andy Ma, who did all the post-production, all the editing, and Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of everything. Happy listing. I'll see you Monday. Sleep well and dream of beautiful things. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.